Welcome to Inside Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about chapter 16 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Through the Trap Door. So again, today Sophie's not with us, but we're hoping she'll be back next time. So we're just going to do it with the two of us. So let's start with our chapter. Um, During exams, Harry half expected Voldemort to burst through the door at any moment. That would be very, like, I mean, that would make me so anxious just to keep thinking about um, Voldemort bursting through the, I mean, like, what does he think Voldemort's going to actually do when he bursts through the door? Yeah, I bet you he'd kill the teacher. And then he'd leave, and Death Eater, some Death Eaters would come in, chain up the kids. Oh, great. And, and, and that would be the end of Hogwarts. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so it was extremely hot in the classroom where they had to take their written exams, and the class had been given special anti-cheating quills for the exams. Um, how do you think the quills know when they're cheating? Because it, it seems like, how would a quill know when you're staring at someone else's paper and copying? Yeah, um, how would it know if you had a your teacher quill? Maybe in the quill, it only writes. Maybe it has something to do, like, the quill knows what everyone else is writing, too. So, like, maybe it's, like, if you're writing the same thing as someone else, it knows you're cheating. But what if some people are writing the same thing, and they're, but they're both correct? That's true. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. I want to know. Um... So, uh, they were given practical exams, like having to make a pineapple dance across a desk or turning a mouse into a snuff box. So, practical for wizards, not practical, practical, but, uh, so a snuff box, in case you didn't know, is a box that holds snuff, which is tobacco. Why would you have kids at your school create boxes of tobacco? I don't think they wanted the tobacco in the box, but because snuff boxes are supposed to be kind of like ornamental like they're kind of decorated nicely and i think that's why um snape made everyone nervous because he would breathe down their necks while they tried to remember how to make it how to make a forgetfulness he walks up to everyone and he he bends over their neck and just spies out a huge a huge blow (laughs) um do you think he's like staring at all the kids pages to like see if they're getting it right yeah so yeah um, yeah, uh, to Harry tried to ignore the pain in his forehead, which had been bothering him ever since his trip into the forest. Their last exam was history of magic, which was just an hour of answering questions about old baddie wizards. History of magic, I feel like that could be a very fun subject to learn. I think it's just the fact that, like, a ghost teaches the subject who isn't very enthusiastic about it. Like, he doesn't know exactly, maybe, how to teach nicely. Um, at the end, Harry, at the end of the exam, Harry cheered with the rest of the students, and he headed down to the lake with Ron and Hermione. Wait, what's your favorite Hogwarts class? Mine? Probably herbology, just because, like, of how, you know, in real life, plants don't really do anything, except for maybe a Venus flytrap trap. I mean, okay, yeah, they have uses, oh, but they don't, they don't interact with people. They just are, they grow things, but you have to grow them. So these plants actually kind of do things, like mandrakes. They're like living things, so that's cool. What about you? Um, charms. Why? Because you learn a lot of cool spells you can use. 
Um, that's probably one wait, of the, where like, the, like, only, where did the classes that teach you, uh, spells? Well, Transfiguration, well, all of them do. Oh. Except for, I guess, Herbology. But I feel like that would teach you certain spells on how to take care of the plants. And I'm not sure, well, what about pure magical creatures? That's true. Well, maybe to, like, contain them. But I, I think, like, probably to me the most basic class is Charms because it's, like, the building block. Like, you need to learn these spells so that you can learn in order to learn other more. Charms has comes with use, does come with, like, useful spells that you're going to learn. But to learn even the more useful ones that you're going to learn in, like, DADA, you have to learn the charm spells just as practice. That's at least how I think about it. So the Weasley twins and Lee Jordan were also at the lake, and they were t- tickling the giant squid's tentacles. Ron told Harry, um, so Harry was looking worried, and Ron told Harry that he didn't have to worry because they had a full week before they learned how badly they had done. That's great reasoning, but I also feel like I would be stressing out the whole week, just like, yeah. how well did I do? Um, do, you, do they get the whole week as a break, or is it more of like how at schools now and the last week of school you do all these fun activities? What do you think? Uh, I think okay. <laughs> I think it's um sorry a break like a short one week break sort of like Christmas vacation mm-hmm. or yeah. yeah which is actually kind of cool or because spring break for ten days yeah which is actually kind of cool because most well okay so for Easter break you do get the week off and everyone's there but it, it's also an extra break to just do whatever you want with your friends because for Christmas a lot of your friends would go away. Like, to home. So, that's cool. Um, Harry was still angry about his scar hurting and wanted to know what it meant. Hermione suggested that he go and see Madame Pomfrey, but Harry said that he thought it was a warning that danger was coming. How, how did he know that it was war- a warning? Probably because he does know. I mean, does he but- really? Does he know the backstory to his scar? I know he knows he knows the Voldemort gave it to him. Oh, yeah. And he knows the Voldemort killed his parents. So maybe he thinks that like because his scars hurting, it has something to do with Voldemort because Voldemort's the one that gave him the scar. Okay. So that's probably how he knows. I mean, that's what I think. It was too hot for Ron to get worked up, though, and told Harry to relax because the stone would be safe as long as Dumbledore was at Hogwarts. Harry tried to explain that he had a feeling that there was something he had forgotten, but Hermione said that that was just the exams and that the same thing had happened to her last night. And that was like, she woke up in the middle of the night and was halfway through studying her transfiguration work before she realized that they had already taken that exam. Um, Harry was sure that this was not the case. He sat back and watched an owl fly across the sky with a letter clamped in its beak. Harry had a sudden realization and jumped to his feet. He told Ron and Hermione to follow him because they had to go see Hagrid. See, like, I just... Harry's really smart just for piecing all of this together because he did it without Hermione and Ron's help. Yeah. They weren't... They didn't want to think about that right now, and Harry, you know, just pieces all together in his mind and was like, we have to go see Hagrid and ask him these questions because he figured it out. So, Hermione asked why, and Harry explained that it was a bit odd that what Hagrid wanted most was a dragon, and a stranger suddenly appeared with a dragon egg. They found Hagrid outside of his hut, shelling peanuts. Yeah, but or peas. Well, how did the owl make him realize this? Oh, because the owl, because he was thinking about how he, he barely ever receives letters. 
and that the only letters he ever receives are from Hagrid. So that just like made him think of Hagrid. So, um, they found Hagrid outside of his hut shelling peas and asked what the strangers I've given him Norbert had looked like. He responded by telling them that he didn't know and that you get a lot of people like that in the Hogshead. It's kind of actually because this actually when they you know bring up the Hogshead, it makes me think of the Hogshead in Universal Studios in the Wizarding World, which is actually it's kind of sad because like it's connected to the three broomsticks. So it's not really a full thing, and you don't really get the as much, like, interaction. Like, I wish they had based it off of the movie and made it its own building. Um, Harry asked if they had talked about Hogwarts at all, and Hagrid told them all about how the person had been interested in that, and especially about Fluffy. Hagrid told the trio that he had told the stranger that if he played some music, you could put Fluffy right to sleep. Hagrid suddenly looked horrified and asked where the trio was going because they had started to leave i mean do they they, do they already know like do they already think that they're gonna be the one i know that they want to go protect the stone and keep snape from snape from stealing it but do you think at this moment in time they think that they can actually do that i think i I don't think they can actually do it. Uh-huh. I just think they can only, you know, try to stop him or delay him for teachers together. <laughs> but, um, later in the chapter, they actually go, you know, yeah, yeah. in this room. And I don't understand why do they not tell Dumbledore that, or, or when they first open the door, there is the harp. Mm-hmm. Why do they not, and... And they know someone's been in here and gone through. Because Dumbledore got the letter to go to London. Oh. But we'll talk about that more when we get through the chapter. You remember this? It's been a long time since. Then why didn't they tell McGonagall? They did, but she didn't believe. We'll get to it. Um, um, they ran to the entrance hall, and Harry said that they had to go to Dumbledore because now Snape knew how to get past all of the traps. They ran into McGonagall on their way up to Dumbledore and told her that they needed to see him. McGonagall told him, told them that he had gotten an urgent letter from the ministry and he needed to go there immediately. The trio told her that it was about the stone and she dropped all of her books. They told her that they suspected someone was going to try and steal it. She explained that Dumbledore would be back tomorrow and that the stone was too well protected for someone to steal it. And she picked up her books um, and told them that she knew what they didn't, that she knew what she was talking about. Why didn't she believe them? Um, I don't think she believed them, you know, because they're only first years, and they're kids. But if they know about the stone, why would they? I mean, like, if they know about the stone, why would they? she not believe them at all? Sorry, uh, our dog's barking. Just, just go. Just, like, um, yeah, so why did, why did, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think she believed them, because they're little kids. They're like the smallest kids in in the school, mm-hmm. and and you know they're only first years. They don't know too much magic, yeah. And they and they might be mistaken. Yeah, but like, I mean, honestly, I think she should have known. Like, it's Harry Potter. Like, yeah. At least that would be my reasoning. Good, but the only cool thing, uh, like, really helpful thing he's done to the school, it is um help 
shove his wand up a troll's nose. Yeah, I I just like at least my, my reasoning for like why she should is just because he's Harry Potter and she should. I mean, I think that it takes this book for her to really understand how capable he is of like fighting bad guys and all of that. So that would at least be my reasoning. Like maybe she she should know it's Harry Potter. Like just believe him. But yeah. Once they were away from McGonagall, Harry told Hermione and Ron that Snape was going to try and steal the gnome, the stone, that night. Hermione gasped, and when the other two turned around, Snape was standing there. Snape said that they would want to be more careful because people might think that they were up to something. <laughs> Why'd you put extra G's and P's and O's? And... I can't. I, I, you know, you gotta exaggerate that. Up to something. I, I can't do his voice. He just, but... he just says it, pauses up to something it's funny in the movie so yeah um they turned around to go back outside and snape called and said that the that if there were any more nighttime wanderings he would personally see that they were expelled do you think that if it had been a slytherin that had a death eater parent he would have done the same thing probably not because spoilers he's proven his loyalty yeah so um they turned around whom to Voldemort they turned around to go back outside and Snape called and said that if there were any more nighttime wanderings he would personally see that they were expelled Harry started to explain the plan to the other two he said that Hermione would need to stand guard at the staff room so that they could follow Snape if he left Harry and Ron planned to stay outside of the third floor corridor to guard that that part of the plan didn't work because right after they got there McGonagall came and yelled at them she said that, that if she caught them there again, she would take 50 points from Gryffindor. Do you think that she knew they were going to be there? Probably, because they told her about it, and she, they didn't, she didn't listen. She was like, oh, they're probably going to take it into their own hands, mm-hmm. since they already have so much. And since he, she said no. When they got to the common room, they were both glad that Hermione was still in Snape's tail. That was when the portrait hole opened and in walked Hermione. Snape had come out of the staff room and asked what she wanted. She told him that she wanted to see Flitwick, so Snape went to get him. She had only just gotten away. Harry declared to the other two that he was going to go out and try to get the stone first. They both said that he couldn't, and hadn't he, he heard what McGonagall had really? said. he's just going to go steal the stone? Yeah, all by himself. In all caps, Harry said, so what? If Snape got the stone, Voldemort would come back and take over Hogwarts. Spoilers. This is complete foreshadowing. Because Voldemort does, in fact, come and take over Hogwarts in book six. Why Why doesn't Dumbledore put it in, like, the stone in the least expected place? Exactly. We talked about this, like, a little bit before. Because but... he literally tells them, do not go to the third floor in the third corridor I mean, on the right. Okay, I think he that... He gave them directions in... A... I mean, I don't get why he even put it at Hogwarts in in, in general. Like, well, I mean, but still, like, he, he never should have told them about the third corridor. He should have just, like, blocked it off or something. He should have said, he should have put it in a hollow tree, like I said before. Like, somewhere no one's ever going to look. Ever. Yeah. I mean, what use do the centaurs really have for something like this? Like, why not give it to them? They seem like, the, you know, they're so protective. And why, well, why not just destroy the stone? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Nicholas Flamel, he doesn't have any more use for, any use for it. You learn this at the end of the book. 
Yeah, like he's gonna. He doesn't have any. He has enough to sort out his. Yeah, he's just gonna, you know, let him and his wife go. No, yeah. Um, uh, Hermione told him that he was right, and Harry said that he would be taking his invisibility cloak with him that night. Ron asked if it would cover all three of them, and Harry was surprised that they wanted to come. Harry warned that they were if they were caught, they would be expelled. Hermione told them that they wouldn't throw her out after scoring 112 on her charms exam. So I saw this thing, and it was like what people think might have happened if Ron had asked, and it was like it was like Ron asking, "How did you get extra credit?" And Hermione said, "Well, I just wrote my own questions and answered them." Really? Like, yeah. But that doesn't actually happen. Oh, but it's I know. just like theoretical, which is, I mean, I could see her doing that. After dinner, the trio sat in the common room and waited. Hermione skimmed through her spells, hoping to come across something that would be useful that night. Once Lee Jordan finally left the room, Harry went and got his cloak and flute to use on Fluffy. He ran back down to Ron and Hermione, and they tested to make sure that the cloak would cover them all. Suddenly, they heard Neville speak from the corner in the common room, and he asked, What are you doing? You know how in movies and TV shows, like, you see the parents when the teenagers come home late? Like, they, they, you, they come late, they turn on the light and say, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, like, Neville just being the dad. <laughs> um, Harry said nothing, but Neville said that he could, they couldn't go out again because then Gryffindor would lose even more points. Neville said that he would fight them, and Ron told him to get away from the portrait hole and not to be an idiot. This is very brave of Neville. It, but imagine they all beat up Neville. Oh, they beat him up and just leave I, him there. He would be so mad. Neville yelled at them and said not to call him an idiot and that they were the ones that had told him to stand up to people. Neville to- told them to fight him and fight Hermione me. said, Petrificus Totalis. What if Ron took fully- seriously and punched him in the face? Yeah. Which fully body-binded Neville. They stepped over him and left the portrait hole. That's just mean. That is very mean. I mean, like, we could have used a nicer spell. At the first stairs that they came to, they came across Mrs. Norris. Ron asked if they could just kick her this month, but they said no and carefully went around her. Which they could just kick her? They should have kicked her. They didn't come across anyone else except for Peeves, and when they did, Harry pretended to be the Bloody Baron, and Peeves agreed to stay away that night. Okay, Ron. When they came to the door, it was open, so they entered the room, and Fluffy started snooping around. Harry blew the flute, and the dog fell asleep. Mm-hmm. They stepped over the dog's arms carefully, slipped off the invisibility cloak, and opened the trap door. Below the door was just pitch black, and Harry, he volunteered to go first in typical Harry fashion. Yes. Harry dropped down and landed on some sort of soft plant, so Ron and Hermione jumped in too. Once Hermione got down, she jumped up against a wall because she saw that the plant was devil's snare and that it had gotten a grip on Harry and Ron. So Hermione shot blue flame at the snare, and it started unraveling around Harry and Ron. Then they went down a corridor connecting to the room with devils with the devil's snare. The room had a high ceiling, and was filled with, with flying keys. A door on the other end of the room was locked. Ron looked at the door lock and said that he needed an old-fashioned silver key to unlock the door. There were broomsticks, broomsticks leading against a wall, so, that, so they hopped on and took off. Harry spotted one that matches the, the lock and with blue bright with bright blue wings, which were crumpled on one side. Harry caught it, touched down, unlocked the door, and ran through. The next room had a huge chessboard with pieces 
with huge pieces, and Ron realized that they needed to play their way across the room. Ron told Harry and Hermione to take the place of the bishop and the rook while he climbed on a knight. Because Ron is brave, so he gets the knight. Ron started directing the pieces until he realized that he needed the queen to take him to have Harry checkmate the king. Harry then moved three to the left, and the white king threw down his crown, and the chessmen parted, uh, revealing a passageway beyond. They entered another room with a dead troll on the floor and a bloody lump on his head. They entered the next room and saw seven different bottles uh, with, of different shapes and sizes. Hermione found a piece of paper and read it. And now we're going to read that piece of paper. Dagger lies before you. While safety, danger. Dan- I said dagger. <laughs> danger lies before you while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number will only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in line. Choose unless you wish to stay here ever, forevermore. To help you in your choice, we give you these clues for... First, however slightly the, po- the poison tries to hide, you'll always find some on, net- on nettles on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move onward, neither is, is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size. Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left, left and second on the right uh, are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight. Why, I mean, like, why did he give them so many clues? Why give them clues at all? Did he just want to make this easy? It's just not that easy, but I could probably figure it out in a few minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, Hermione figured it out. As a first year, she figured it out. So how is it possible that... Yeah, that's not even that hard. It's not. I mean, but why give clues at all? Why not just let them drink the bottle? Yeah, just why not? Yeah, why not let them drink it and then you you and the teachers be the only one who know? Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Hermione read it and said that all three bottles, that that three bottles were poison, two were wine, and one one got them back to the troll and one got them to the next room. Harry told Hermione to drink the one that got her back uh, and that he would go to the final room. So Harry drank the potion and came to a room with someone who wasn't Snape or Voldemort. Dun, dun, dun! Okay, Vaughn, read the last sentence of this chapter. And then after that, we're gonna do our movie goose. So we have a lot of movie goose this time. Okay, there was already someone there, but it wasn't Snape. It wasn't even Voldemort. Wow. Um, yeah, so now we're going to do our movie goofs. In the giant game of chess, Hermione stands on a black square, but she should have been on a white one. Uh, yeah, because yeah, some bishops are on white, yeah. some on black. Uh, uh, when Hermione runs across the field, her bag switches arms. Where are you? Oh, oh. But at around soon. The time. Uh, at around one hour and 15 minutes. At around 1 hour and 55 minutes, Ron gets drooled on by Fluffy and gets wet, but two shots later, he's completely dry. At around 2 hours, in the chess sequence, the white, the white enemy, Queen is 
the White Queen is shown destroying two separate black rooks. But as Hermione took the queenside castle, there would only be one black rook piece in play. It's possible that a pawn was promoted, but as it as it is shown on screen, that black uh, Ron uh, loses their queen, and they would likely replace it with the queen, making this unlikely. So yeah, yeah. you'd have so, to. So well, to, to, their rooks were destroyed, but Hermione's a rook, so she would have to be destroyed. Yeah. So at around two hours in the chess sequence, Harry is shown on a, on a3 as a black bishop when Ron moves to h3 to check the king on g1. Okay, that's so complicated. To just we can just skip yeah, this one because I don't think everyone on. wants to get at a chessboard. And... Yes, you do that. Uh, at around one hour and fifty-five minutes in the scene with the flying keys, we can see the string holding up the broomstick just before Harry grabs it. At around two hours during the chess scene, when the chess pieces are being destroyed, the bits of rubble can be seen flying in opposite directions, and sometimes even just a split second before the actual piece is destroyed. Uh, At around two hours and five minutes, at the end of the chess match, Ron is supposedly knocked unconscious. When Harry and Hermione run to check on him, Harry touches Ron's arms, and Ron's mouth twitches. Okay, those are our movie use for today, and now we're going to take a short break, and we'll move right on to our analysis part of the episode. And we're back from our short break, and, and just now so you know, there will be spoilers, lots of them, so just for the end of finished, this. If you haven't finished this book, I wouldn't watch this until you actually have. Um, because just for this book though, so like if you've already read chapter t- or book two, there's no spoilers for after book one. So, yeah. Okay, so let's start first with our Hogsmeade journal. So this is for those of you who live in the UK and actually have access to going to London right now. I mean, I guess if you live anywhere else, you could go to London, but like. It's mostly for people who live in the UK. So the Warner Brothers Studio Tour is reopening on Thursday, August 20th in London. Visitors are required to wear face coverings and to follow social distancing guidelines. They have a new feature, a celebration of Slytherin. Visitors can see the Slytherin common room and the Great Hall decorated with Slytherin colors. Your fe- uh, This feature will end on November 12th. Why are they ending they should just well, keep it in. Because they have to, like, update it to put new stuff. I know. Um, you can start buying tickets now. Quirrell, so now we're going to be talking about Quirrell. Quirinus Quirrell. Um, so, yeah. Um, this is pretty much just going to be the, a lot of recap for Sorcerer's Stone and Philosopher's Stone, but, um, it's also going to be the point of view of, like, knowing that Voldemort's the one controlling him. So we're going to get some of that in the next chapter, but this is just his full life story if you just want to know more about him without having to, like, read through everything again. So he was born on September 26th, 1970, somewhere in the British Isles at, uh, to at least one magical parent. In his first year at Hogwarts, he was sorted into Ravenclaw. Now, can you see this? Do you... Do you do you say that Ravenclaw would describe him? I mean, if you could put him in any other house, what house would you put him in? Um, Slytherin. Because, I mean, I, I would also do Slytherin for him because you can see so much, like, r- like resemblance between the houses Slytherin and Ravenclaw because I think to be intelligent, you, need to be you have to be ambitious. 
Because you have to want to learn, so you're not going to get a Ravenclaw that doesn't like to learn. Yeah. So, to be... You're not going to get a Ravenclaw that doesn't want to accomplish great things. Or, or I mean, not, not really that, but just, like, you're not going to get a Ravenclaw that doesn't care about school and that doesn't care about learning things yeah. and doesn't want to do something with their life, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to get a Ravenclaw like that. So, I just... I, there's definitely a lot of resemblance between those and two. And, like, classes. Slytherin, there's also, they're also cunning. Ravenclaw, that, that's also... Yeah, and, like, future. a lot of wit and cleverness. And I think that, that those are two things they're that... They're very, very resemble. I think there are a lot of houses like that. Like, I think Hufflepuff and Gryffindor are similar. I think Gryffindor and Slytherin are similar. So, I think... What do you think the two most unsimilar houses? Like, two different houses. Ew. Two most different houses. Um, I think Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are the most different. What do you think? Um, I'm guessing Slytherin and Hufflepuff. I mean, like, yeah, but also I think it's because Hufflepuffs can be cunning and ambitious. Yeah, but, like, Hufflepuffs are known to be kind, but Slytherins, you know, they're sort of mean. I honestly, I think Hufflepuff Hufflepuff is the house that doesn't really, it's kind of like people, they don't, it's for, I think Hufflepuff is for the people that don't fit into the three other houses. They, like, maybe they have some Ravenclaw in them, they have some Slytherin, they have some Gryffindor, but they don't really value those things, so they're just kind of like, like other than that, you can really only value being like, kind. In one so. of in one of the uh, Sorting Hat songs, it says like, "Godric took the brave, Salazar took the the am, the cunning and ambitious, Ravenclaw took the intelligent, and, and Hufflepuff took all the rest." Yeah. So like, I think it's just um. And they said all the rest. Though. I think it's a lot of just like if you don't fit into the other houses, you're gonna be a Hufflepuff. Um. When he was young, uh, Crow was gifted, but very delicate, and he was teased for his nerves and timidity during school. his school life. He wanted the world to sit up and notice him, so he developed an interest in the dark arts. That's kind of sad, because, like, you don't only need to be in the dark arts to be noticed. He could have been the minister. He could have been yeah. a high, high, like, position at the ministry. He could have worked... You know. So he probably scored high in his at OWLs and NEWTs for both Muggle Studies and Defense Against the Dark Arts because he went on to teach both at Hogwarts. Yeah, so that's why that's why Harry and that's why Hagrid recognizes him in the um what's it called? In the in that little tavern in um the Diagon Alley, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, the Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why he recognizes him, because this isn't his first year. And also, is this the year that Voldemort curses the Dark Arts position? The D- I think it is. Dumbledore? No, Voldemort. Oh, Voldemort. He curses it. He does? Yeah, he jinxes it. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that... I didn't know I that it was a curse. I thought it was just, like, you know, like a sort of joke. Like, no, it's not it's actually like, It's like a jinx. He actually, like, jinxed the position. I think... How do you jinx the position? I don't know. I think that that's, he did it with this year. Thing. After teaching Muggle Studies for some time, Quirrell took a year-long break on so that he could gain some first-hand experience. This was actually a lie, and he wanted to try and track down Voldemort so that he could teach him some skills to ensure that we'd, he would never be laughed at again. 
He was able to find Voldemort, but even in his weakened state, he was able to inhabit his body once he found out that Quirinus taught at Hogwarts. Quirrell wore a turban so that he could cover Voldemort. He claimed that he had received this turban from an African prince when he got rid of a zombie for him. Uh, sometime before 1991, Quirrell came into possession of a, a vault 998 in Gringotts, which contained a small box, a large crate, and a chest containing the chocolate frog card. In Quirrell's last year of life, he worked on getting the Sorcerer's Stone for Voldemort. Uh, Quirinus's uh, Quirrell, uh, first attempt to at stealing the stone was before the school year started in Diagon Alley. He was unsuc- unsuccessful because Hagrid had emptied the bowl of the stone earlier that same day. After the attempted breaking at Gringotts, Quirrell returned to Hogwarts to teach DADA. His second attempt was on Halloween when he allowed a troll into the school to cause a diversion. Snape was suspicious of Quirrell and while trying to stop him, he was bitten by Fluffy. Do you think Snape knew that Harry, Ron, and Hermione suspected him? Uh, Snape knew that, uh, Snape? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Okay. Um, during the first Quidditch match of the year, Slytherin versus Gryffindor, Quirrell made his first attempt at Harry Potter's life. He tried to throw Harry off of his broom, but Snape was able to perform the counter curse so Harry could hang on. Hermione used her binoculars to look at Snape, and so she thought that he was the one performing the actual curse. She set his robes on fire, but during the process, she knocked Quirrell over on accident, and which broke his eye contact with Harry. Um, after the Quidditch match, Harry saw Snape and Quirrell arguing. It seemed as if Snape was trying to get information regarding the stone from Quirinus. After that, the trio started telling people off for making fun of Quirrell and giving him, encur- and giving him encouraging smiles when they- whenever they saw him. Uh, a week before Harry's exams, he heard Quirrell arguing with someone in a classroom. He thought it was Snape, but it was actually Voldemort. Throughout the whole school year, Quirrell's body re- weakened from host- hosting Voldemort's soul. He's like a parasite, and he has to latch onto somebody to survive. Um, to keep himself and Voldemort alive, he had to prey on uni- unicorns in the Forbidden Forest and drink their blood. When he met Draco, Harry, and Fang there, he was going to attack Harry when Ferenz the centaur came and saved him. On June 4th, after Dumbledore left Hogwarts to go to London, Quirrell and the trio tried to get past each of the obstacles to get to the stone. Quirrell learned how to get past Fluffy by meeting Hagrid and convincing him that he was a dragon dealer and shared his passion for magical creatures. Hagrid let it slip to him that to get Fluffy to sleep, you had to play some music, and most likely, Hagrid was a little bit drunk. Yeah, once he got this information, he planned to send Dumbledore a letter that summoned him to the Ministry of Magic so that he would leave Hogwarts. Did Dumbledore know what was happening? This has always confused me because once you learn so much more about Dumbledore and he's like, it's all for the greater good, you know, like, doesn't, doesn't, um, do you think he knows about just that this whole thing was going to happen? No. And that the whole thing No, because then he probably wouldn't leave. I think that, you know, I think that he was just like, um... I don't think he would risk. Uh, oh, I think he stuff. would. I think he would because he risks so much more. It's ridiculous how much he risks Harry's life. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He's so. just like I'll let Harry handle it. Yeah, because yeah. So, uh, Quirrell was able to make it past the next six chambers, including the one that he that he himself protected with the troll. He reached the final chamber, and he couldn't figure out how to get past the Sorcerer's Stone from the mirror oh wait 
He couldn't figure out how to get the Sorcerer's Stone from the Mirror of Erised. Uh, eventually, Harry arrived there and was able to get the sto- stone from the Mirror of Erised. When Harry lied about getting the stone, Quirrell took off his turban to reveal Voldemort's head. Voldemort forced Quirrell to try and kill Harry Potter, but every time Harry touched him, his skin burned. This is because of the protection charm that was put on Harry when his mother died trying to protect him. Quirrell's body ended up being burned so badly that Voldemort left him there to die. Which is sad, but like, he's a parasite. That's what parasites do. Three years after Quirrell's death, Voldemort told his followers that Quirinus uh, was a fool and had only... Uh, he had only used his body because of the position at Hogwarts. Um, in Harry's fifth year, Dolores Umbridge brought him up as an example of the one teacher so far that would have passed the ministry inspection because he at least taught age-appropriate lessons. I can agree with that, but at the same time, Moody was a pretty good teacher. And he at least taught teachers. Who? Taught Moody. He was an human. I know, he, he was an imposter. Who never taught. He was an imposter, but... Barney Crouch Jr. was a good teacher. I mean, I know he was a fugitive. He was trying to get Harry killed, but, like, he was a good teacher. And he taught them useful stuff. So, like, gotta give him some... Okay. Gotta hand him some credit, you know? So, okay, of course, Harry was sassy and said that there was only the minor drawback of having Voldemort sticking out of the back of his head. This turned Harry another week of detention, and that's so it. So, more of that forbidden that's quill. That's it for our uh, quarrel. I know that this was um, a little bit of a short analysis, but... That's he has a short life, you know. So we'll be back next week talking about chapter seventeen. So make sure you read that in preparation, and then we're gonna have our magical items analysis next week. So we have that to look forward to. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back every Tuesday for more Potter-based content.